Welcome back. Another day, another vlog. It's Monday. Busy day at work. Um, it's always busy Mondays. Everyone comes back. It's uh, all happening. Good weekend. Nice relaxing. Got out and got a bit of walking done, which has been good to get out. Big week this week, and I had a bit of rest too, So because this week is a big, probably one of the biggest weeks of the year for tech news, and uh, I guess if you're an Apple fan, definitely huge. Lots happening. Don't forget, we've got the releases happening this week. We've got Canon on the 14th, so that's tomorrow. Then Wednesday, we've got the 15th, Razer and Apple on 15th, early in the morning. Razer's at midnight, Apple's about one o'clock in the morning, so don't forget that. Then on the 16th, Dana has a new boot out. Uh, James Bond, new James Bond, Live Time to Die, I think it's coming out in Christmas time. Uh, Dana has put a boot on Daniel Craig before, the Mountain Light 2, I think it was. Yeah, beautiful boot. It's actually what got me into trying out Dana, and I've been hooked ever since. They're a fantastic boots. So, not sponsored, but I just love their shoes. You will always see me running around with either. Dana shoes or even my trusty Dana thongs. They're awesome. I love them. So new boots, 16 for night. It's a, obviously a bit, a little bit of tactical. It's black. It's all black. It's it's going to be a good boot. They're going to be really good shoes. So I don't have to worry about that. I guess if the styling is not yours, if you want a conversation boot, if you want to run around, uh, go hiking in James Bond's boots, well, this is your chance uh, to fill James Bond's shoes. That's always, a, I guess, a good line if you hit the pub or something or tell your friends a good conversation conversation starter so that's all happening this week now we did have some releases over the weekend we're going to talk about and some news so we'll get straight into the big one because it's coming up with canon tomorrow the r3 there was rumors going around it's on friday that the price was going to be around 7,300 euros, which was just insane. That actually equates to 11,767 Australian dollars, which is just ridiculous. That's more than a 1DX Mark, 1DX Mark III, which is their flagship. Um, so that was a little scary. Thank God, Canon, thanks to Canon Rumors over the weekend, he got his sources to lock in and confirm it's going to be 6,000 US, which is 8,200 Australian, which I think actually is about the right price. It's in that right range that uh, that could change wherever you live, depending on what country, but it's still the right, about probably about the price. You got the 1DX, which is the, uh, Canon kept saying it was the flagship, and that's still at 10, I think that has dropped in price. It's about 10 and a half grand Australian at the moment. Then you get the $8,200 there. That's that's not a bad two grand drop down. I actually think the R3 is going to be better than the 1DX Mark III in a lot of ways. So, yeah. Now, also over the weekend, finally got confirmation that it's going to be a 24 megapixel sensor. Obviously, it's a brand new sensor, back illuminated, all the good stuff in that regards. That's going to be good. 24 megapixels is plenty, but it's straight away brought up the question of what's going to happen uh, with the R1. Is the R1 going to be a high megapixel? The A1 for Sony is a 40, 50 megapixel beast. Is the one R1 going to be a high megapixel? And that's why they've gone the really fast 30 shots and had the 24 megapixel for the R3. So is it the R3, the sport pro sports photographer, and the R1 going to be the pro portrait landscape 
lens with a 50, 60 megapixel sensor in it. I actually, I've got this funny feeling and I think, here's, here's my logic and this is what I think and it's my, just my personal opinion. I think around March, I think March, April, Canon released the first one megapixel SPAD sensor. Now, if you have been a daily listener, if you subscribed and hit the bell, you'll get all this interesting information uh, when I release it every day. But the SPAD sensor is very new tech, very high-end tech. And now what the difference is, we all know about high ISO and low light, how good the A7S III was or is, and we're gonna talk a little bit of that down the track uh, today with the new lens. But uses big pixels to gather more light so then get it can get more light in. And we talked about videoing the Milky Way and getting the actual video of the Milky Way from the ground, which is just insane. That's how good that is with that sensor. But with a SPAD sensor, what you're looking at, you're looking at ISOs in hundreds of thousands, up to 400,000 ISO with zero noise. Zero, not one speck of noise. Uh, basically, the sensor, little, if you look at the sensor and all the different uh, pixels on, each, on the sensor, and every pixel is a square, a standard sensor, it's got like a circle around and that's where it picks up the light so the corners don't get anything, you don't pick it up. With a SPAD sensor, basically talking, it'll pull light into the whole bit of that little pixel. So yeah, you get all the light and you get zero noise. So that's the first huge, huge benefit of the SPAD sensor. The other ridiculous part of it is 20,000 frames a second. 20,000 frames a second. Now, if you're punching 20,000 frames a second, you don't want a 50 megapixel image every second, or 20,000, 50 megapixel image. You're gonna fill your card in like three seconds. It'll be and there'll be a one terabyte card full. <laughs> It'll be insane. But, and here's why I think it's gonna be a spatter. And this is, I think it's gonna, the R1, they could, haven't heard any release dates on that at all. We all know it's coming, we don't know when. Is it, do they need time to get from one megapixel to 12 megapixel? Now, the 1DX Mark I and II are pretty sure were both 12 megapixel sensors. And they lasted, what, 10 years or something? Why not a 12 megapixel R1 SPAD sensor? It's not, not as far-fetched as you might think. And the, that pro range, that, that flagship camera, is all about photojournalists, sports journalists, professional photographers. It's built rugged. It's got a massive lens. They're taking NFL games, baseball, cricket, sports stuff. They're, they're running through a jungle with terrorists taking photos. They need something rugged, built, that can take high-speed high shots to get that perfect shot, and also low light. In the jungles, doing whatever they're doing. Yeah, so look, that's my theory behind it. I, look, if I was putting my money, I would hold off on the R1. The offering is gonna give them at least six months worth of good publicity and good sales. We all know, from all the rumors, it's a fantastic camera. That is gonna hold it bay and let them give it a little bit more time to get this R1 right. They need to be able to get back in front of Sony, not just keep up with Sony. You don't win the race by just staying behind the winner. You've got to actually beat the winner to, be, to get in front. So if they could get a 12 megapixel SPAD sensor and get that right and put that into an R1 body with all the tech, 
holy bundi. That would be a game changer. Uh, imagine photojournalists with their autofocus, eye autofocus and bird autofocus, 20,000. As a dude's quarterback throwing the shot or a baseball or dudes hitting the ball playing baseball. That would be insane. So that's my theory behind it. So, I'll, and the only problem with that is, I think the R3 probably should have been a higher megapixel, but then we have heard rumors of the R5C coming, which will be a high megapixel R5 variant. They might put that into a new body and go all pro style body with the high megapixel one or keep that just as a standard body. Uh, and that's where you'll get your 50, 60 megapixel. They might have a different sensor set up for that, but uh, Look, that's my theory, uh, but I think this R3, as I said, I think this R3 is going to be a big seller at 8200 I think they've got the price. Price is in the right area, and I think they'll sell a shivers tons. Shit tons. <laughs> like my T-shirts. Hey, check out the embroidery on that. Merch, champion shirts, high quality. Go get them for summer or winter. There's hoodies there for you. We've got some great stuff. Go to the merch store. Links down below. Hook up us. Now, um, over to Motorola, the uh, big news on the weekend, wireless charging, we all know about wireless charging, but you've got to sit it onto a, a Qi charger to get your charge. Uh, earlier this year, apparently there was, a, I think it was Xiaomi or something, uh, Xiaomi did a wireless charger with one phone, so not connected to the phone, a box, phone sitting here, it, it charged the phone using invisible magic. <laughs> um, well, Motorola's come out and they've leaked video of them charging, uh, test, testing it, four phones at once. Now it uses 1,600 antennas in the unit uh, and it char only charges at five watts per phone. But you can, can if you go on the uh, YouTube, Google it, you'll be able to check it out. It's called um, Space Charging Motorola. If you just Google that, you'll be able to go and get the video and check out all the people that have posted that. So good on for that. Very, very cool. It'll do it up to five meters. Um, and it'll, it said it'll do four at once and through obstruction. So basically the tech is you could have your phone sitting in the bathroom or, or while you're sitting on the throne and charging your phone to your charging point in your bedroom or something like that. So pretty darn cool. And no, no longer having to take the wireless charger to plug it into somewhere so you can sit your phone on it sort of defeats the purpose of having to get rid of a cord when you've got to actually carry the charger to sit it on, if that makes sense. So pretty darn cool. And you imagine that having them in shopping centers, you just, as you're walking through the shops, your phone's just charging. Five watts is perfect because if you've got multiple chargers all over and it's free power going everywhere, well, you don't need to charge it at high speed. You just need to just keep it cruising along. So I think that's pretty cool. Probably a couple of years away, very early on sort of tech, but uh, I think it'll go pretty well. So look out for that one. Now, last but not least is Lauer. Uh, now we're affiliates, or I'm affiliate with Lauer. Uh, love their lenses, really, really quality gear. Um, they've always had great, great uh, quality coming out and all the reviews on them have always been really, really good. And they've just dropped the widest 0.95 aperture uh, 35 mil lens. It's an Argus 35 mil 0.95, and what a beast it is! Crazy stuff. Uh, really low focus breathing. Uh, it's 900 US dollars, about 1250 Australian. So for that quality, for that aperture, that's actually pretty darn, darn good price. 
Lau is not a cheap product though, they make really good lenses. Um, we talked about the anteater lens last week, um, how good that is and what that's done for the TV industry and, and people that make ads and films. It's just an amazing lens and it, that same quality goes into everything. They're really, really good. So if you are looking for a really nice prime lens of anything, you definitely can't go wrong, especially a wider one. They do, um, oh, what do they call it? Where you, you don't get any curvature, they keep them dead straight and they can have like, a, there's a 12 mil that's fully, no curves, it'll keep all your lines straight. They do really quality stuff. So definitely go check this out. Now, wanna go check out a video, Camera Conspiracies. Uh, he's an absolute agent, really funny dude. Camera tech and all different camera gear but he's got a really funny approach and he, he does it really, really well. He had this lens on A7S III. Now we talked a little bit before about how good the low light is on A7S III. Put a 0.95 aperture full frame lens on there and holy crap, it was, it is amazing. Basically he stood on the street, pitch black, you couldn't see anything. And literally he turned it up to 12,000 ISO and it was like daylight. You could see all the detail in the trees, there was stuff all noise. It was bloody sensational. Uh, what a lens camera combination that is. That's just really, really cool. Um, very, very good. And so yeah, go check out Camera Conspiracies for that one. If you're keen for that lens, there is a link below if you have been thinking about it. And that will assist me. It's, I guess, like buying merch, it helps us out a little way and I do appreciate it or anything to help me, I guess, keep this thing, this ball rolling. We're up to 543 episodes, so yeah, I'm still enjoying it. I hope you're enjoying it. Now, last but not least, I, if you have, haven't been around for a while, if you only knew, I'm a mad Datsun fan. I've had a Datsun 1200, a Datsun 1000 rally car, Datsun 120Y was my first car. I'm a Datsun fanatic, without a doubt. So, when they announced that the new GTR 2021 Japan market only is about to release on the 14th as well. That was the other date, 14th, 9th. So same day as Canon at 1.30 in the afternoon. So it'll be East Coast, about one o'clock here. We've got the new GTR coming out. Now this is the, the gonna be the last petrol engine GTR. They're talking about the hybrid, that might have a hybrid option possibly for this coming uh, in this model, but the next model's pretty much gonna get a full redesign and it's probably probably 99% sure it's gonna be full electric with full battery power. So gonna be, look, I guess this is a end of an era. Um, I remember the first, when the 32, R32s come out, uh, one of my mates in Adelaide that I played baseball with had a thousand horsepower GTR R32, took me for a drive and scared the living crap out of me. Um, I was lucky enough to drive an R35 Black Series in Vegas at the racetrack. It's the fastest car I've ever driven. Faster than the Ferraris and the Porsches that I've driven. Um, yeah, insane, what a car. So it's a history, it's a living piece of history and a bit of artwork there. They, for probably at least 15 years, it was the fastest car to 100 at like 2.5 seconds before the Teslas and the Bugattis come along, the million dollar cars and then the electric cars come in to destroy both of them. So like it is a piece of history. Uh, it's gonna be selling, I think they're about talking about 400 grand a pop. So if you do want a piece of history and you are a Nissan GDR fan, this might be your last chance to get a petrol version. 
Now it's got all the fruit, I think it's like 530 horsepower and obviously all the amazing tech that they've got in there that makes it such a, just a wicked car to drive. And they are amazing to drive from. As I said, it's the fastest car I've ever driven. Um, I think in 800 meters of racetrack, I got up to 118 miles an hour, which is just insane from full lock around the corner to hit the hammer again. And then like literally about eight seconds later, you're doing 118 miles an hour, it's just insane and handles on rails, it's just crazy. So, very, very cool. Rightio, well, I'm gonna keep editing, start, try and get this video done for this week. It's gonna be a busy week, I've got lots to do. We've got the, all these events, I've gotta stay up late and watch on Tuesday night and Wednesday. So yeah, it's gonna be a full week. And uh, yeah, hang around and we'll see you all again tomorrow. So where are we going this way, that way. I'll see ya at the merch store. Go buy a shirt. See ya. <laughs>